Hello and welcome to Blaze Bodies, Sunday the 27th of February. My name's Ben and joining me as always, it is Andrew. How's it going, mate? All right, mate, really. What about you? Uh, I've had better weekends for reasons yeah. we won't, won't go into on here. <laughs> <laughs> Just involve toddlers and uh, you know illnesses. I'll let people fill in the blanks on that one, but uh, she, she's doing better, so I'm doing better. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> leaving, leaving such bodily matters to one side... Uh, I imagine this is going to be one of the shorter podcasts re- we record this season, which we uh, we're probably due. It's been a busy February. Um, yeah, you know we've 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 packed them in and, and fired them out. These podcasts has been plenty of drama along the way. There was not much drama on Saturday. Yeah. At they give it as a rest by by playing one of the most appalling games of football of the entire season. This was dreadful, wasn't it? I don't want to. Um, I'm not going to be. I'm going to try not to be too critical here because I do. I think there's a lot of mitigating circumstances in terms there's of... There's lots of caveats, which I'll come on to, which will sound like excuses <laughs> if any Millwall fans are listening, but I do think there are caveats to this defeat. I think so. Well, let's, gain, let's hit me with some of them, because, yeah, it, you know, I'm not going to disguise the fact that this was a, a dreadful game in which we did yeah. not play well at all. You could make a case that we didn't deserve to lose it, couldn't really make a case that we deserved to win it, but oh. as you said quite a few caveats that leave me sort of not really that bothered that we lost it because we've had such a great uh well whatever 10 games i guess yeah i think i think it was frustrating because millwall were also hit by injuries and that's that you can't overlook that they had their own injuries my argument i suppose is that they still had the majority of the best players in and we didn't we were out obviously with that for whatever reason gibbs white Berger, bogle basham who were four massive players for us we had five first teamers out. I think three backups for those positions out as well. Charlie Good, uh, um, obviously Osborne, and because uh, I think Baldock and I, I think personally think, and I've got no evidence for this, but just based on the fact they had Knox earlier in the week, I think Baldock and Norton Davis are definitely playing with a slight injury. Would you say? At a necessity, it looked like that, especially with Baldock going down in the first half. Yeah, that was really worrying, actually. Um, yeah. Because yeah, it was a non-contact injury for Baldock, and he was, you know, he sort of just basically turned and then started hobbling, didn't he? But yeah, fortunately managed to complete the game. So hopefully, yeah, uh, these six days is massive for us. It really is because yeah. I, I get the feeling because I thought Norton Davis were really poor in this game. And he has been good. I think he's another. He, he was diving into rush tackles, which he does do. But I do, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and put tiredness of mind and body into that for. For him, um, but and we've just come off the back of playing thirty minutes with ten men against the current fourth best side in the championship. It was a perfect concoction of a terrible. I think before when the team got announced, I think um, probably uh, you were messaged. I think saying, "Yeah, just give me a nil-nil. I'll get out of here. No yeah. shots or whatever." And you agreed. I didn't feel confident all week about this game. I thought we were just going to be that one game, two men. I coming off the back of the thirty minutes with ten men, and then I saw the team. And it wasn't an inspiring team, to be honest, which I don't know. Obviously, I mean, what are your views on the Gibbs, White and Berger thing? I would have, uh, so I would have liked to have seen both of them play, but I also completely understand why they didn't. Um, so yeah. Gibbs, Gibbs White had a dead leg, think, right? Yeah, but Gibbs White had a dead leg and he said Berger's not yet fit enough to play Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. And people saying if they're fit enough, they should play. The argument, obviously, is that they've been out for a long time, both of them. Uh, this season, and they've only recently come back, and, we've, and they've pretty much been involved in all seven, eight games we've played this month. 
Hmm. I don't. I'd rather lose these three points, I, I suppose, than lose them for the rest of the season. But it is a balancing act, and I can completely see the the argument that well, if you know, why not start them and then take them off rather than the other way around. Hmm. I'd say I, can, I don't think Eckenbottoms woke up and thought, oh, this will be easier. I don't need to play my best players. I think he's thought long and hard about the the bigger picture. Yeah, yeah, me too. So I'm I'm all right with it, you know. Like like you, I saw that team and my heart sank a little bit and thought, yeah. I just don't see how this is going to get us anything today. Uh, and lo and behold, when, no. we, when we brought on our best players, we suddenly looked like the best team. Yeah, my score. That's that that lineup was dependent on Njai having a good game, and he probably had his poorest of the season. And I'm not picking him out as blaming him because he's been great and he's a young lad. But I think that was realistically the only proper attacking or creativity that we had in the team. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, on all counts, though, it was a really poor game for him. I think it's, I think, uh, I, I don't think that you think this, but I've seen some people say, I think it's disingenuous to think like, oh, Heckingbottom's trying to make sure everybody's fresh for the playoffs. It's it's not no, about that, is it? No. It's, it's, it's as you were, as you're kind of touching on there, it's about making sure that we have, that Gibbs White can play the next five or six or seven, ten games rather than he plays this one game and yeah. then gets an injury or, you know, we then lose him for yeah. Forrest and Borough or something like that. Um, so I'm all right with it. I think it's yeah. I think it's sensible. You know, we're just going to have to suck it up, basically. You know, we've been yeah. stung by uh, the unfortunate circumstances of, well, not only a load of players getting season-ending injuries um, at bad times, but also those fixtures getting postponed through no fault of our own. And yeah. we knew this, we knew this would be the situation. We, uh, we said, yeah. like, I think we said three weeks ago, there's no way we play well in every game in February. It's just not going to be possible. Um, and then, yeah, you lose Basham, you lose Bogle, you lose Charlie Good through uh, his own stupidity. I think yeah, with Goldrick yeah. at that point wasn't injured either coming into this month. No, and a Brewster. We were going to have to put out a team like this uh, that was probably not going to get it done. And, uh, yeah, no. as, as we said um, to each other before kickoff. Take a nil-nil, go home, rest for six days, and go again. Pick your best team yeah. against Forest. And we nearly did it. Mm-hmm. It was a terrible game that was decided by the freakish Jake Cooper, which we'll come on to later. But you know, it were a poor game. I don't think Mill. I've seen a lot of people say, "Oh, Millwall are a poor side." They're not a poor side. I think they were poor in this game because I think they were knackered as well mm-hmm. because they played on Wednesday and they have a smaller squad than us and they've got their own injuries. Which is why I'm not making excuses for the defeat. We're a poor result. I think we were just missing more important players to us than that. You know, those to them. I know they were shot shy up front. They barely had any strikers fit or anything, but they still had Savile. They still had uh, Jed Wallace, mm. and they still had the man. Who scores against us every game? You know, and lot of, you know, there's lots of. Uh, I don't know. I think it was a really poor game between two sides who were much better than the show on that on that showing. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's a good good shout. Um, so, and by the way, with Berger, I've seen today people say, "Oh, athletes should be able to play." You know, three games a week or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, maybe, but there's a reason Egan's playing three games a week and not Berger, and that's because Egan's not being injured for months hmm. Gibbs White were it three months he missed in the end Gibbs White two, at least two yeah so like mid-December Berger, to yeah February I guess Berger's coming back from a really serious injury where he missed the majority of last season and the majority of this season hmm. so lobbing him straight in to play three games I think is dangerous and there is no doubt that Eckingbottom would have wanted to wake up on Saturday and Berger be fresh as anything and Gibbs White to be fresh as anything but He's picked the team on a. I don't think he's picked the team trying to be clever, like I've seen. I think he's picked the team thinking, 
I want these. I want Gibbs White and Berger to be with us for the rest of the season, not just for this match. Yeah, I think it only makes that Blackburn result even bigger and even more important yeah. because it gave us the license to. I mean, I'm not that worried about losing this game. Some people obviously will be, but you know, it gave us the license to not be that worried about losing this game. So, yeah. No, no. People like obviously listen and say every every three points are the same, and they are to a degree. I'd argue that if we lost to Blackburn, they're well in front of us uh, after their result again at the weekend. We've got two huge games coming up, and you know, if we pick four points up in the next two games, I think people forgot about this Millwall match. Yeah, exactly. Well, every three points are the same, but um, like that. Also applies in the future, doesn't it? Like you know, yeah, exactly, it, does, it doesn't yeah. matter when you win your games, uh, and we're not going to win every one of them. So uh, now, on the Charlie Good thing, there's an argument I think that to say that maybe that I think Revolution or Fest Two said this that if he'd have been there in this in this game, would he have won that header against Cooper just by sheer size? Very possible, yeah. So his absence uh, means not Ben Davies playing right centre back as we posited in the last one. But Kyron Gordon gets his first um, his first start in the league. He's obviously mm. uh, he's playing the League Cup and the FA Cup. Um, nice to see another academy player come through. I thought he had a a decent enough game. He didn't have very much to do at all, really. Like you know, relatively, it wasn't like a, a an aerial bombardment or he had players running at him constantly or anything. I thought he did a a good enough job against uh, yeah. Tyler Bury, the um, wide forward for Millwall, who. Hit the deck a lot. Spent a lot of time really falling did. to the floor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the referee didn't buy it. Um, probably should have booked him, to be honest, a couple of times, as it turns out. Um, Hurrahan and, and Jai play sort of ostensibly midfield for Berger and Fleck from the last game. Um, and McBurney comes in up front uh, instead of Gibbs-White, partnered with Sharp. And don't want to... I, I really cannot be bothered to repeat myself too much about McBurney. But... Um, yeah. We have to abandon the McSharpney partnership, surely. It's just actually annoying now. It's like, what is this, three years of this doing nothing? And someone put this out today, and I can't even bother to read it out. It were were awful, basically, when they played together. And it's not like we're never going to win with those two up front, or Sharp's never going to score with it. Because Sharp, I remember against Bournemouth, they played up front with each other and Sharp scored. But it just doesn't work uh, for the majority of the time. And it's actually annoying me now that we keep trying it. And it's obviously just, a, for whatever reason, we could blame Bernie, you could even blame Sharp if you want. It, those two do not work. They're static. They've got no pace. They, they, they're not, they don't look dangerous at all as a pair. Yeah. I don't. I mean, this is super hindsight. Uh, well, to an extent, it's hindsight, because, yeah, as you say, it just never seems to work. But no. I, I'd rather, like, play Jebison and McBurney and give Sharp a rest. Like, if yeah. we're going to play McBurney... Don't waste ninety minutes of sharp essentially because that is pretty much yeah, what happened. Yeah, that's exactly what we did. Yeah, sharp is not a player who's going to get the ball and take five people on and put in the corner or win headers and you know sharp's a goal scorer and he's a nuisance and he's fantastic at old up playing stuff like that. But I'd rather have had Anjay up there with him and play Flecky midfield. And I, yeah. I, I'm not even saying that in hindsight. I would have much preferred to see that at the time. It might have seemed negative, but I'd have rather have had a flat three. And because at least we'd have been like solid there in midfield because then I had a poor game, obviously. But we basically, it felt to me, not just playing with 10 men, it, it felt like we were playing with like nine, maybe even eight men because yeah. the front three did nothing and didn't work at all. It was a bit 4 5 zero at times, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, or yeah, 4 4 zero, I should say. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Not uh, not great. McBurney had a shot after about 16 seconds, which is probably the highlight of his game, to be honest, um, which is is bad. Um, yeah. And yeah, just 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 sort of leaves me thinking, like, can we just play? Like, it, would would any other outfield player, even playing out of position, would they offer us more than he yeah. does in? Like in partnership with Sharp, or what I'll say about McBurn, and this is people say, oh, scapegoating and stuff like that, because Sharp was as bad, I think, in this game. Yeah, I think if anyone's looking at that sort of without any sort of bias, he was as bad. He was as ineffectual. The difference, the reason why we're going, we go in, if you like, on McBurn is because that's unusual for Sharp, and it's unusual for Ninja. They both have bad games every now and then. What we saw yesterday is, is pretty much a standard McBurney performance from what we've seen since we've got him. Other than that sort of purple spell he had against Tottenham and Chelsea in in the Premier League, and I, I don't want to say that, and I don't want to. I'd love, you know, I'd love him to bang a goal and and not even prove me wrong because it's nothing to do with that. But it, that just seems like his level. That's his dis- level of display, and that's why no one's saying because I've seen people say, "Oh, everyone, everyone's had to go at Njai. He was the worst player in the park. Maybe he was, but he hasn't always been the worst player on the park." And he has put in levels of display far above what he did on Saturday. Yeah, I'm just looking now. The, uh, the stats from McBurney had the lost the most duels in the match out of any player, um, yep. which was 15, and they weren't all in the air as well. Yeah, uh, two out of nine ground duels won. Um, yeah, you just that's the kind of thing where it's like no matter how badly you're playing, surely you can do better than that. But yeah, Cooper I'm not and. I'm not on the Jefferson hype train like some of us are, and I said this before. Like I, I don't know if he's ready. I imagine that he's not. The fact that we've not seen him, I imagine the coaching staff don't think he's ready. Anyway, I I, I don't think there's any argument now though that he needs to be above McBurney in the pecking order. Yeah, I'd just rather not see him start. I don't mind him coming on. Like you know, against Blackburn, yeah. we both of us yeah. we were like, I actually think McBurney should come on. And that was a. a... 11 v 11 as well at that point. Yeah, it, when, you're, when you've got something to hold on to and you're not looking for a goal, I think he does offer stuff. I don't think it's an absolutely appalling waste of time. I think he, he can hold it up. We all know about how good he is defensive, uh, defensively in headers and stuff. I personally think he works hard. I just think he's no goal threat. And you're playing a striker who... Well, McGoldrick's not a goal threat, really. You know, he, he's missed loads of chances, as we know. But he's creative and he offers so much in an attacking sense. I don't think McBurney does. Not that we've seen for a, a very long time now. Um, yeah, so that one shot early on was about one of the best things we did in the match until Millwall took the lead, basically. And, you know, that was like shinned 20 yards over the bar. Norwood had a, a classic one miles over. Egan had a classic header from a, a set piece where he just sort of comfortably headed it straight at the um, straight into the keeper's arms, which that was a pretty good chance, you know, that Egan won and... Just at no no point did it look like he was going to score it. No. Yeah, I'm no. just trying to find the. Uh, okay, it was quite a low XG chance actually. But yeah. Yeah. It, it felt better than that watching it live anyway. Yeah. Um, and then I think yeah. I were a bit in front of you, weren't I, with the Egan chance? And I said like, Egan's never going to score from open play. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's hard to see, isn't it? Sometimes. Yeah. Um, I do just want to mention the uh, the Millwall commentators on the uh, the iFollow feed that um, I was able to watch. Uh, <laughs> they were very fair, actually. Like in, on the occasions where I've seen 
uh, and or heard opposition commentary this season, particularly Bournemouth. It's been yeah, Bournemouth are terrible. Yeah, so one-eyed. It's it's driven me to like pretty much turn the sound off, to be honest. Yeah, um, but these were not only very fair, but um, pretty funny as well. And yeah, the guys. I wish I knew the commentator's name because it was amazing. But when Jack Robinson took his first long throw in, <laughs> the commentators went Christ as it went flying <laughs> into the box. So good. <laughs> <laughs> so unexpected. It's like, yes. it's like Alan Partridge thing that I'm sure everyone knows about with uh, the goal. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's like, like you say, it's like he's never seen a long throw before. I know. It's not like, <laughs> yeah, Robinson, it wasn't even, you know, it was like level with the penalty area when he threw. It wasn't like he was on the halfway line and he hit the six yard yeah. box or anything. Um, yeah, so very little happened in that first half. Uh, and then into the second half, very little continued to happen. Norrington Davis gave away a free kick on the um, well, the right-hand channel as, as Millwall attack. Gets crossed into the back post. And uh, who is there to meet it, of course, is Jake Cooper. I can't believe we didn't mention Jake Cooper in the build-up to this game. Did we not? I'm sure we did. I don't think we mentioned him at all. I think we talked about Jed Wallace a little bit. We were oh, still mate, on a bit mate. of a high from Blackburn, to be fair. Yeah, forget about him. You don't want to. Yeah, he's like it. Like I remember the the pod earlier this season where we said like he's just like a, a really he's like a baddie in a in a bad film <laughs> where he keeps coming back. I'm not him again. How unrealistic is this? He keeps coming back from the dead. And I've said like I said to you before we started. Got the view from Millwall. The Millwall fans say he's had an appalling season, and they they see him as like a weak link in their team. Mm. This is not. It's not like when we obviously get. I get the view from people say, oh, Billy Sharp always scores against us. That's because Billy Sharp scores against a lot of players, a lot of clubs, <laughs> and he's a good player at that level, at least. The championship level is a fantastic goal scorer. That's why he's the top goal scorer at the level. Cooper's not. I, I see our fans say, why don't we sign Cooper? Well, go and ask the Millwall fans. If I'd have got a view from the Millwall fans this season, if we would have signed Cooper, it would have been appalling. So that was his fifth goal in six appearances against us for Millwall. And he got an assist in one of those games as well. Mm. It's just stupid. He's a centre-half. I mean, I'm sure we said after the home game where he scored that 25-yarder in the last minute, I'm sure we said it's beyond a joke now. So I don't even know what, yeah. it's, I don't even know ah. what stratosphere we've gone up to at this point. I just uh. can't... This really annoyed me as well when I saw the team. And I know we were shorter options... And you just knew that he were going to eat because he's just a big lump, really, Cooper. Mm. And he just he, he, he were going to eat up McBurney and Sharp. Yeah. It's just so his game. And I can't remember who started. I think it was McGoldrick and Sharp who started at the, in the home game. And obviously he had that up as well. And I think in the 1-1 the one, one at home, it was Medine and Sharp. And it's just all meat and drink to him, those sort of strikers. You know what I mean? You need something else. Yeah, and conversely, uh, Egan, Robinson and Gordon is far from... Probably our first. I know. I know. Robinson's on a good run of form at the minute. I think but... Robinson would possibly man a match again. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that is fair. But um, yeah, those those three. Uh, yeah, I imagine he fancied his chances against that back three. Um, yeah, especially when you look at. Oh, good lord! If you if you actually look at the physicality of our starting eleven, mm. <laughs> he must have been fancying a hat trick. And obviously, the, I, I think the the goal he scored against us earlier in the season from fifty yards, however it was. <laughs> That was that was a fluke. He'll never score a goal like that again until the players. Until the again, players yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> but these other goals that he scores against is the headers. Uh, I mean, I think it read Dead Batch report, and he says like it's almost like he's in Egan's head. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, not him again. But yeah. I do feel like a great point from Revolution that, that what he said about. I wonder if Charlie Good, you know, just by sheer size, yeah, would 
would have would have been you know would have stopped him and maybe even been a threat at the other end. That game was that game was decided on a set piece like the, like the game on Saturday because they're all so obviously similar. These teams that were playing it, it was included, and it could have been us winning on the set piece. That could have been Charlie Good at the other end just using his size to to get a goal. And for all the the negativity about the performance and and it was poor, it, it was decided by a set piece, and that is really frustrating. Yeah. So. A really tight nothing game with absolutely zero rhythm, I felt, you know, yeah, just yeah. hardly any I don't know, hardly any sort of passage of control by either team until we went behind and obviously Millwall then dropped a bit more defensively. Really frustrating that because I know teams drop off and I know teams come back into it, but that's where the frustration comes with Gibbs White and Berger. I don't think either of those two were absolutely phenomenal, but Jesus, did they change the dynamic of the game when those two came on just by being forward-thinking? Just a little bit, yeah. Um, so this Cooper goal, so he he has scored um, 19 goals in the championship in his career mm. uh, in 243 games, according to transfermarket.com. So he scored more than a quarter of his championship goals against us. It's just, yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously, we're going over the same ground as we went over earlier in the season. Yeah. And I'm sure you enjoyed it back in the pods of, yeah, when we were on the promotion season. But I guess I guess he scored against us in League One. So let me just add this up, actually. So he scored 21 yeah. goals in the Championship and League One combined. So, yeah, it's still basically a quarter of his goals against us. So he's not like, you know, he isn't... Uh, well, Aidan Flint went on that mega goal scoring mm. run, didn't he? And... Yeah, that's, that's what I mean with Billy Sharp. You know, Billy Sharp, everyone goes, oh, he always scores against us. He scores against everyone. As you said, Aidan Flint that season, he got 15, I think it was, from centre-half or something <laughs> ridiculous like that. You, you've got defenders such as, uh, I don't know, I remember like sort of John Terry having a decent goal scoring record. Yeah. But he gets seven or eight a season or something like that because they, that, they were good at what they did. That's the bizarre thing with Cooper. Is this is not is this is not normal for him? These these goals. It, it just happens against us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think this was a foul. Um, the actual goal itself. It looks. I like. don't know. I think if I don't know. I think it's a bit. It's bleh. I don't know. So, yeah. Let let me expand on that. Uh, so the Millwall player oh. basically body. You know, basically shoves Egan to the floor, I think, in it, just like a two-handed shove, and that leaves mm-hmm. uh, Cooper completely free at the back post to, to head it in. I think it's probably a foul, but it's also something that happens at a lot of set pieces. Yeah, We're in a division with no VAR. I don't doubt we've tried something a little bit sly and cheeky like that ourselves at many set pieces this season. Yeah, Sharp in particular. Sharp in particular, particularly <laughs> yeah. in that promotion season. Sharp's, uh, yeah. Sharp's backside contributed to a lot of set piece goals. Uh, Ipswich, where 2-0, O'Connell, O'Connell coming in. You mm. look at Sharp, it's a foul. <laughs> like, you know, O'Connell probably disallows it. But... Indeed. So uh, I think for me it's like that, I'm like, that's a bit unlucky in that it could have been given as a free kick, but also I'm... Sort of just like old man's up and be like, it just happened. That's you know, yeah, that's football at this level. Like, yeah, I think think. if it had gone our way and it'd been disallowed, I'd I'd have been thinking, oh, the referee's a homer because Mm. he'd have given that the other way, and maybe well, I don't know. But like you say, I think it was poor defending anyway. I think that we just we all just sort of got into a muddle, and they've got one real threat at that. You know, obviously Wallace's set pieces are renowned for being good. But we know the danger man, and we let him have a free header whichever way you look at it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so that makes it 1-0. We pretty quickly 
make some changes. Gibbs White comes on. Uh, who does he replace Gibbs White? Gibbs White, uh, Gibbs White uh, came uh, on for... Uh, uh, Njai. Excuse uh, me, actually. Uh, Gordon. Uh, I think, unless... Or does that is, happen later? That happens later. Unless uh, who scored is incorrect. It says Gibbs White came on for Njai. Um I'll just double check that as we as I we. Know. I know. Gold, I never went to four at the yeah. back. Went off, but yeah. So I, I'd forgotten this, but Gibbs White actually came on before the goal. He came on five minutes before. Mm. Um, yeah, so he's on the pitch basically as they score, yeah. and then ten minutes later, Berger comes on for Karen Gordon, and uh, yeah, we suddenly look like we have you know much more control of the game. Uh, you know, we're, we're spreading the ball around quite nicely. We're not creating very much at all, obviously. Um, Berger had one, like a through ball to Gibbs White, which is just out of his reach. That was probably our only real chance of the game. Yeah. Keep it in yeah. there to get out to it. Um, obviously, there were the fantastic Norwood lob thing, which I liked in a way. It would have been nice if it had gone in, but it, it, I, as soon as he, he did it, I thought, you're never going to score yet. <laughs> what are you doing to me? He has to be the worst shooting midfielder in the entire championship, Norwood. I, I, look, if, there, if there's somebody who's just listening to this for the first, like not listening to this podcast at all this season, we've been very effusive in our praise of Norwood in the last, mm-hmm. well, 10, 12 games because he's been yeah, really, yeah. really good. But, yeah. oh, my God, his shooting is the just thing is, so bad. It's not a terrible effort or anything like that. It's just another one for the catalogue, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm just let's get the uh, updated shots on target from uh, Norwood this season. Uh, so yeah, four shots on target in uh, two and a half thousand minutes of football and 31 attempts. <laughs> so yeah. it's like what's that about 15 percent of the time he hits the target. That, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, I mean, dear. like I said, if if the team that we started, if Injai don't create anything and Sharp doesn't score. You're pretty much done, aren't you, with that team that we had out, basically? I think so, yeah. Because as much as I, I like seeing Hurrahan and Norwood as like this, you know, a, a tandem of like, yeah, ball ball players, basically. But yeah, yeah they're not Gibbs White, they're not Njai, they're not Fleck, really, in that they, he can drive away. It's certainly not Berger. This, this is why is... I don't think it works with Sharper because exactly I, what I was about to say. Yeah. Sorry, I butted in there. Sorry. No, 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 go I ahead, think... go ahead. I think like I keep seeing people saying, "Oh, you know, we've gone back to three five two and wrecking bottom," I and we haven't really. We've gone for three. Uh, uh, what is it? Three two three one. Is that right? Basically, <laughs> that's what we've been playing most Some of the time. So we've been really playing. Did. Yeah. So we've been playing. You know, Hurahan and Norwood when them two players are pivot, and then sort of either Njai Gibbs White or Berger Gibbs White or Njai Berger or you know McGoldrick when he was fit. Brewster when he was fit, sort of off sharp as a main striker, or Brewster when he was playing as a main striker. This didn't work because they were, like as I said, they were one creative player in that team, and it's Njai. Because McBurney don't create anything. Sharp is just, you know, a, a central striker. That's what he does. That he, he, you know, everyone knows what he's good at. If we, I think, if Norwood and Huran play, you have to be more creative in a, in an attacking sense, and you can't just stick to up top. Yeah, I think so. And then you. Yeah, you're looking at the wing backs to possibly give you something, and you know, Bull- yeah. Bulldog and Norton Davis aren't really that. No. To be honest, they're not. I thought Bulldog and... did all right. He put a couple of decent balls in the second half that we didn't get in the get on the end of. But uh, yeah, it was not, fine. They're not, it's... they're not Bogle, are they? You exactly. Know. It's not a player that you can just like 
give the ball to and just be like, okay, I need you to just dribble past two players and like, you know, drag this team out of, out of shape, basically. Yeah. Um, I yeah, think it was set up points. for a... It, it, I could be wrong, and I'm sure he'd deny it, but it were, to me, it were almost like, let's get it to 75 minutes at nil-nil, and then we'll see if we can win it. Yeah, which I, I, I'm all right with that, you know? Yeah, in, in this yeah. one game, obviously... Obviously, if we do that every game, then that's yeah, horrific. yeah, yeah. You know, that's, yeah. That's like yeah. the worst of Nigel Clough. But in, yeah, in this game, I'm all right with it. And because I know it was such a negative team. It were a solid looking team, I thought, on paper. Mm. But Bernie defensively is all right with his headers and stuff, and we know about Cooper's threat and everything. And I thought, you know, but I didn't expect us to concede loads of chances with the which we didn't with with the team that we had out. I just think we were thinking, right, nil, nil, then we'll bring Berger and Gibbs White on and try and win it. We well, did bring Gibbs White on a bit early, and obviously we conceded. So, yeah, I mean, it's another game where we've we've restricted the opposition to pretty much nothing the entire game. Yeah. I mean, even the Cooper header is quite a, a low percentage chance. Mm. Um, yeah, Millwall ended up with uh, 0.3 xG on six shots, um, yeah. and we were slightly higher at 0.83, if you can believe it. <laughs> it's hard to imagine we got up to that to be honest so yeah, yeah we you know defense i think we did all right to be honest like you say if that was the plan keep it keep it to nil nil for 70 and then and then go we it sort mm. of worked but yeah yeah you just uh you know i, I said this on the last part that's we're going to concede at some point because that's just football it just happens and we're going to lose and I, and I thought i had this sort of obviously you, you never know but if i had this sort of penciled in as a as a probable defeat in my own head and I think you were the same as well yeah I was uh, I would have been very happy with the point uh, mm. but not to be I'm like I think at full time I was like yep yeah, fine just you know pretty annoying to lose but I'm okay with it no one got injured that we know of no one got sent off yeah. you know we rested players chalk it off six days rest let's, let's pick our best team for Forest on uh, on Friday night um yeah, we only really had. I mean, there was Gibbs White had that run where he, he sort of flopped to the floor when he knocked it round the last defender. Yeah, could have been a free kick, but probably a dive. Um, yeah, or I certainly ch- chucked yeah. himself into the defender anyway. Yeah. Um, what was the other one? Oh yeah, McBurney missed a header in terms of he just completely missed the ball, which obviously yeah. was not a great chance, but it's not a great look either from your uh, your number no. nine. I think that's another thing that we're frustrating is we were obviously tired as a Millwall. Millwall played the same team, but. The four players that we brought in, Gordon aside, what Hurahan, uh, McBurney, and then Jai, mm. didn't give us any sort of freshness at all. And I think I thought Hurahan's—that's the worst I've seen him since the slab days. Yeah, yeah, all three of those were poor for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, the game just you know drifts away in a series of, of free kicks and throw-ins and frustration, I suppose. And uh, yeah, that's it. One nil defeat. Anything else uh, to say about it? Nah, just horrible. <laughs> horrible <laughs> match, horrible result. It yeah. was rubbish, but, wasn't it? At first half, yeah, I, I we're still they... seventh because obviously Middlesbrough lost to Barnsley, and thanks for that, uh, Chris. Uh, but <laughs> so obviously the results went against us. Luton, obviously now top six. Um, Forest, I think if they beat us on uh, it's Friday, they'll go above us, and it's really, really. Cl- I think Millwall's only four points off us now. Yeah, a bunch of teams in the way. Um, They're all about the same, and it's all about that consistency of a run, and we 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 know we can go on that. But yeah, because you you were telling me because obviously uh, you know watching it on a delay, you were firing me the uh, the pertinent results, but I didn't actually <laughs> know who a lot of these teams were playing. So you know when you're telling me like you know when <laughs> yeah. you're telling me Huddersfield won, uh, what was it or Luton won, Forest won, yeah. Born, uh, What's the other one? Oh, Coventry, Coventry got lapped and it equalised. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, oh god, that's been an absolute nightmare day. But then I looked at who these teams played. Huddersfield played Birmingham. 
you know, mm. relegation team. Well, not relegation, but you know, bottom yeah. six, seven. Uh, what was the other game I mentioned? Coventry at home to Preston, who were down to 10 men, it looks like. Luton yeah. at home to Derby. Forest at home to Bristol City. Yeah, we, we had by, Yeah, we had by far the hardest fixture in this match day, and um, as you said, a nice bonus with Middlesbrough losing at Barnley. Barnsley yeah, did not see that, that one coming in the slightest. So, yeah, yeah that's uh, could have been worse, mate. If it, it felt I know, like, like I, said, I tweeted out where we were at the beginning of this month. We all know this was going to be a really pivotal month, and I think it's undoubtedly been a successful month. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so there we go. We've we've seen off. Uh, Jake Cooper for this season, you know, we'll probably end up <laughs> probably end up playing him again next season in all likelihood. Are you imagining the playoff final corner last minute Millwall? Oh, there's no, <laughs> there's no way us and Millwall both make the playoffs. Surely. You say this, I've That's just it. got this sort of like the final. Like, like I say, he's a he's a film baddie, and I, I'm not sure if he's had his final. <laughs> His if we, final role just yet. If we did play Millwall in the final, I would want us to play like every available centre back and McBurney. Yeah, and <laughs> McBurney. Just everyone behind the ball. Nine men. Just or, or just take a sending off and end his career in the first minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, we did. We have said before, like should, we should just let them. Yeah, you know, we should let Cooper kick off and just dribble up the pitch and get his goal just to I get it out that. of the way. I thought that, but at the same time, he'd probably just get two. So. <laughs> That is an excellent point. All right, we'll have a quick break, mate, then we'll finish up talking about uh, another big game on Friday night, which is Nottingham Forest at home. Hello, Bladespod listener. A quick break to tell you about a sponsor of this podcast, NordVPN. Now, I use NordVPN myself. It is a fast and secure service that significantly boosts my online privacy and security. It does this by encrypting my traffic on both web and mobile, so I never have to worry about unsecure websites, unsecure apps, unsecure public Wi-Fi networks. NordVPN takes care of all of that for me and a lot more as well. Uh, One of those things that uh, qualifies as a lot more, I suppose, is uh, the ability to change my virtual location with NordVPN with just a single click, and that gives me access to all kinds of streaming platforms, uh, that are not available in the UK, which is a very, very handy feature. As anyone who has watched uh, football on a on a laptop screen, I suppose, maybe maybe fully aware of that. So that is NordVPN. They are a sponsor of this podcast, as I said, and they have a special offer for Bladespod listeners. All you need to do is head to nordvpn.com/bladespod, or use the code Bladespod when you sign up. You'll get seventy percent or seven zero percent off your NordVPN plan, plus an additional month for free. It is also completely risk-free with NordVPN's 30-day money-back guarantee. So that's nordvpn.com slash blazepod, or use the code blazepod when you sign up and you get a 70% off. Thank you very much for listening. Now back to the podcast. And we're back. And uh, yeah, just finishing off this week, talking about Nottingham Forest at home. Uh, that result from earlier in the season, a one-all draw at the city mm. ground under Slav, looks a hell of a lot better now than it, it did then. I mean, it was a decent enough yep. result then. But uh, yeah, when you think back to that now, they have really, really picked up Forest. Um, yeah. They had a dreadful start to the season, didn't they? Sacked their manager. And uh, kind of like Middlesbrough, looked into a much better manager <laughs> than what they had previously. Yeah. In Steve I, do you Cooper. know what? For all the talk of Middlesbrough, and I'm, I'm happy to be proven wrong here, I personally am more worried about Forest than Middlesbrough. I think they've got better players than Middlesbrough. And I think I'm more. I, I, they're both really good and there's not much in it. And I think these two games are, are going to be unbelievably tough. Personally, 
I think Borough are better than Forest. Like a lot of you the think? a lot of the numbers mm. like Borough more than Forest. They've been oh, the last ten games they've not been that good on um, unexpected goals. They've been great yeah. uh, attacking, great defensively, kind of meh to be honest. So whereas Middlesbrough are just like kind of like us, really very consistent. That's fair, and, and to be honest, I'm basing a lot of this on the results they've got without watching them, and obviously the games I've seen them in the cup. You know, they've had some really good results, like where they've like beat Blackburn away, for instance, two 0 and they beat um, uh, Millwall away recently. Yeah. You know, so they've had, you know, they're, they're obviously had a good side, but at the same time they've lost to Cardiff away and uh, dropped points uh, onto Stoke. Where they, I know they had ten men for the last ten minutes of that, or whatever, but yeah, they absolutely annihilated. Um... Uh, Leicester in the FA Cup, didn't they? Did you mm, watch that? Yeah, yeah. I watched the second half of that, and I, I know I missed the best of that, but I was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a bloodbath. Honestly, they looked yeah. they looked phenomenal. Um, yeah, just looking at, uh, at their actual stats now. So they they have a what is this like the tenth highest open play xG? They're not a good set piece team, um, particularly. Uh, yeah, they're, they're basically the same as us um, in terms of creating from set pieces. And then, uh, yeah, defensively, they are, what is that, top 10? And again, kind of behind us, we're fifth, uh, fourth on that metric from open play. Um, and, yeah, middle of the pack for set-piece defending as well. So they're a good team. They're, you know, they're, they're good in attack and good in defence. They're just not particularly great at either. Um Graben is like a massive threat for him. He's, he's another one I feel like always scores against us, but then he's yeah. like the Billy Sharp thing, isn't it? I think of, the uh... different thing, yeah, as you said, I think, I think the difference there is he scores against, I think he's one of the highest goal scorers in championship history, so that's not yeah. quite as big of a shock as Jay Cooper. Yeah, true. <laughs> he's, he's older than I thought, Graben, actually. He's 34. Um, mm. He obviously scored, came I off the bench. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, came off the bench to score against us um, earlier in the season. Um yeah, so he he's having, he is having actually an excellent season this year, um, and is obviously a big danger man. But yeah, I I don't know. I'm not too I'm not petrified of this game. I'm more I think Borough will be a harder game, um, and I'm glad that we, in in retrospect, you know we we have a fresher team presumably that we can put out. Surely Fleck Berger and uh, yeah. Gibbs White are going to come back in. You'd have thought so, yeah. Just, just as you spoke, I because I'm just looking on Twitter and stuff, and uh, George Baldock apparently is going to be monitored before Friday's home game as he's picked up a knee injury. Oh, that's not good, is it? From James Shield. So yeah, um, maybe Starbuck comes in, which <laughs> yeah. Mind you, yeah. they'll be they'll, they'll be without the the fantastic Max Lowe. Yeah, that's true. It, according to this, sorry, I'll get back to my side of just while I'm looking at this. Oh, yeah. um, according to this, Graben's only scored two goals against us in his career. Yeah, that's, that's scored nonsense. against us this season for, yeah. for Walton. Yeah, I'm having that, but yeah. Yeah, that's it. Forget anything statistical I've said in this episode. You can just just blow it up, basically. <laughs> total nonsense. Um, yeah, no Max Lowe, obviously, uh, but there are other good. Uh, on loan fullback Spence will obviously be be playing uh, on loan from Middlesbrough. It's so weird that Forest have these two players like from <laughs> the promotion rivals it's that have been to the big because part. Max Lowe would have played, for instance, on Saturday because obviously the just purely because of the amount of games that Davis has played, it's an obvious swap. Um, and this is what I mean, like with Stevens and Osborne being out as well, it's quite damaging for us that both our backup left wing backs are out when. We really are struggling at, 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 in those positions in terms of injuries and stuff. 
But mm. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I mean, do you play Kyron Gordon? I put Ben Davis in personally just for his experience. I know it's the wrong side, but you know, I've seen it happen before for for other teams where they played a a left footer on the right. Yeah. Well, I just think he's probably a better player than Karen Gordon, unless Karen Gordon is like, you know, at a similar stage of development as uh, Cal Walker, for example, was. Yeah, and age. I don't see that. I mean, he's at Boston. He's been at Boston and he's come in and stuff. And I don't want to write the young lads off or anything, but this is a massive, massive game. I think Millwall away is one thing. I think Forrest at home, where they can go above you with a win to get in the playoffs. You know, I think we could go fourth. Or fifth, fifth or fourth on Friday night, because obviously we play before everyone else. Mm. It's a massive game, and I think, yeah, personally, I'd pos- probably put Ben Davis in. Yeah, just looking at uh, Forrest's team, is Graben wasn't in the squad this weekend, is he injured? I do not know, to be honest. Um, I cannot tell you that. Uh, I know Garner's running the show for him, obviously, Ooh. a player that we were uh, linked I think with. He is, actually. Oh, is he? Is Davis? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, Graben's out until mid-March, so that's that's a, a bonus for us. But um, yeah, their other strikers, Keenan Davis is the fella on loan from Villa, isn't he? Who uh, has played against us a few times and looked a little bit of a threat, quite a sort of physical, pacey striker. He played against us in the Premier League, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. He may even have scored in that dreaded 3 all goal, unless I'm talking total nonsense. Ooh. And I do know what player you're on about there, and I can't, I can't work out if it's him or the other guy. I can't. Oh. Yeah. I'll, I'll look it up while we're talking. Yeah. Um, Brennan Johnson's having a brilliant season. The other um, the other forward. No, it's Andre Green, excuse me, was the other. Andre Green, yeah. Because yeah. he yeah, he went to Wednesday, didn't he? Because I know they were, they were both youth products. I can't remember which one it was. Yeah, Brennan Johnson, really exciting. Apparently, they turned down like 20-odd million from, I think, Brentford in January for him. Um, he's... Yeah, an an attacker to watch. Whenever I've seen him, he looks fantastic. He looks sort of a little bit David Brooks like, just with a bit more yeah. physicality to his game. Yeah. Um, Blades target uh, James Garner. In yeah, it is James, right? Yeah, yeah, running the show. Apparently, a bit difficult start for him um, this season. He was there last season as well, um, mm. and he's, he's really picked up. Obviously, as their their forms improved. Yeah, and I'm just. They seem to be missing. Uh, Mendy didn't play this. That's not his name, is it? Samba, sorry. Mendy's the Chelsea. Oh, the goal yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He uh, he was missing um, this weekend as well. Um, yeah, picked up a, a bad head, head injury in January, apparently. Um, so, excuse anyone listening to this. I do apologise for doing my research. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been a trying weekend that I haven't really been able to get near a computer very much. So, you're going to have to forgive this small level of unprofessionalism. <laughs> From this one, I promise I'll do better for the next one. Um, yeah, it's uh, it is obviously going to be a very tough game, but look, we're in. I'm pretty confident, mate. We are a good team that uh, picked a, a, a poor, weakened lineup this weekend and lost a very tight game that probably should have been nil nil, um, but is off the back of having to play every three days for basically a month. So yeah. And Mil- people say Mil- Millwall's played seven this month, you know. Mm. I, what I'll say is that I don't think they were really any better. You know, I yeah. think it was just a, a bad game. The, the difference was our major attacking threats weren't there. And their, their one-man goal machine was. <laughs> <laughs> You've been coopered yet again. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, that's it. You know, Gibbs White and uh, Berger, uh, it's not like we're missing them because they're suspended or injured. We're just being careful with them so mm. i imagine 
we'll roll the dice and they'll both play both games um, Friday and Tuesday against. Yeah, I think that, like I say, that extra day might be good for us as well. You know, the Saturday Sunday Monday off. You know, yeah, true. That, yeah. That's an extra day. I think I think they they might have even played this game if we'd have played Tuesday night. Yeah, maybe, yeah, or if uh, if we had to play with 10 men or something like that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, exactly, yeah. I bet they'd have played if we'd lost, but it'll, uh, if oh, we'd yeah, lost yeah, uh, yeah. against Blackburn. And this um, is why people say, you know, you should play, but he's having to he's having to balance it because there is a risk. Well, we're probably, by all accounts, probably played ball well when we shouldn't have. Mm. You know, we're probably putting through the pain barrier, and I think we're going to be more than sort of frightened that that's going to happen again. And by the way, McCall, just before we forget, uh, McCall obviously said about Basham that mm. it's not season-ending injury, which is great, but it is going to be a minimum of a couple of weeks. So yeah. I think probably talking at least a month, I would think. But it's great that he's not. it looks like he's not out for the season. Yeah, that is brilliant news if that's um, if that's what comes to pass. It doesn't need an operation, they say, doesn't it, haven't they? Yeah, he doesn't need an operation, so that 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 he'll be a mass. And it's so frustrating what Good did now in hindsight because you, your team sort of, you know, you, we know the back line is if Good was fit and yeah, he's re- I think on Saturday that really sort that that sending off sort of impacted as the game later rather than that game, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, fixtures. I mean, I know Coventry are mid table, but I, I, uh, not mid table. Sorry, close to the playoffs. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't particularly buy Coventry. Um, the three games after these next two look a bit more feasible, to be honest. Coventry, Blackpool, Barnsley. So, yeah, and, and you know, there's no easy games, and everyone's fighting for something. I'd rather be playing mid-table teams like Blackpool than Barnsley, to be honest, at this mm. moment in time. But Barnsley picked up a little bit, to be honest, in the past mm. couple of weeks. But you've got to play someone. <laughs> yeah, it's <yes>. so. <laughs> true. Yeah, we shouldn't really complain. We're, over Christmas, we just didn't get to play anyone. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. all good. Oh, you're right there. Yeah, sorry, fell, I've, I've uh, fell off your chair. So, yeah, no, something fell off. I've, I've uh, yeah, just dropped a ball on the floor. Sorry, go. <laughs> no, sorry, not your your dog attacking you or anything. Yeah, like it that. was a dog ball, but yeah, I've just dropped it on the floor. But now he's, he's banged out, so that's good news. <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to come come running. It's playtime. No, 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 no. Um, right, mate. Well, I think that's everything then. So uh, yeah, Forest on Friday. Uh, obviously, the last game at the lane was fantastic in terms of excitement and outcome. Let's hope for the same. Well, I always like. Uh, they always feel like quite big games against Forest, I think, particularly the night games. Um, yes. And the last time we played them at home, I believe, was uh, to get our promotion charge back on track. That um, yeah. yeah. 2-0 win in uh, 2018, 2019, at the end of that yeah. season. Yeah, and then uh, Leeds were falling apart that day and they appear to be falling apart this weekend as well. So Yeah, they has gone, so, you know. Right. And they keep That's, losing 23 it's such the parallels with Wilder is incredible, I think, with that. You know, both mm. are fantastic first seasons where they overachieved massively and then sort of paid for overachieving the first season in a way. Yeah, the you know, it looks like the the players they've spent big money on uh, haven't worked out yet. They've had some pretty key in- injuries to key players, you know, like Calvin Phillips, etc. Mm. Um yeah, and you know, he, he was the secret source basically when he'd be Elsa that um yeah has transformed them into something great and now it looks like they might I mean if they get relegated they it's it's an incredible parallel because they've lost the one the one thing that made them great essentially and they'll yeah. be back in the championship with a load of players who were you know a little bit journeymen I suppose like, let's, replace, let's replace them <laughs> oh I tell you what yeah, and Norwich. <laughs> Not against Norwich by the way. I just feel like I've got a bizarre rival with them because like we We've taken different routes and ended up, it looks like we're going to end up in the same league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, anyway, right, we'll finish there, mate. What uh, do you want to plug the the view from and uh, yeah, view from Millwall. the forest one? I mean, this is not great promotion for me. It's not a classic, to be honest. They're obviously on a high. Um, th- th- yeah, they just yeah, they, they said they weren't great, but you know they got the win, and that's it. And we'd be exactly the same. Mm, indeed. Where's Where's living with Maidley, mate? I'm still waiting for this episode. I don't know what Liam's doing, mate. Honestly, I have no idea what he's up to. Um, now, I'll, I'll talk to him when I've done this, actually, see what he's... Uh, but, yeah, we recorded it last week. He's just editing it. So, um, but I reckon that'll be out in the next couple of days. I'm gonna. It will be out in the next couple of days. I'm confident. Nice. Look forward to that. That is Living With Maidley, <laughs> Andrew's... Uh... I don't know. I was going to call it a splinter podcast. Then implies <laughs> like you. Yeah, yeah. yeah that disorder. will be out in the next couple of days. So we're uh, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, uh, watch out for that. Yeah, your your <laughs> other activities when you're not uh, working and entertaining, yeah. um, entertaining a small dog as well. I'll, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, good <laughs> stuff. Well, that's roysviewfrom.com uh, and follow Andrew at Panchero on Twitter and me at BladesPod. And uh, yeah, the only thing left to say is thanks very much for listening and thank you very much to you, mate, doing this on a on a Sunday night and yeah, talking about what was a really trap game, to be honest. So yeah. I think we need to, yeah, I almost want to apologise to uh, anyone who, who went to Millwall uh, and I hope you had a good day despite the football, because yeah, the football was indeed truly dreadful. So, uh, well, I'm rumbling away, so we will finish this now. And, uh, yeah, thanks very much, mate. Appreciate it. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Hello again, BladesPod listeners. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And thank you also to NordPass, the leading password manager who kindly support this podcast. NordPass is brought to you by the cybersecurity experts who built NordVPN, another friend of the podcast, of course, who you will have heard earlier, and uh, are used by more than 14 million people worldwide to get added security and speed when using the old internet there. Uh, NordPass is everything I need in a password manager. It keeps all my passwords in one place. It's accessible with just a single master password, means that's the only thing I need to remember, and they can generate ultra-secure new passwords with just a single click. Their autofill feature also helps me log in near instantly to whatever site or account I'm using without having to rack my brains for whatever details I came up with months or years before when I created that account. And NordPass are offering a great deal to BlazePod listeners this month. You can get 52% off NordPass if you sign up at nordpass.com slash BladesPod or just use the code BladesPod on sign up. That's 52% off a two-year plan plus one month absolutely free. Head to nordpass.com slash BladesPod now and boost your own online security. Thank you once again for listening and downloading BladesPod. We'll be back after the next game.